Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. This life won't always make sense and evil things will continue to happen because we live in a fallen world. Pastor J.D. reminds you today that the only answer for evil is Jesus. He is the creator of the universe, but also died on the cross for your sins and wants to be your personal savior. Choose him now and be saved. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 14th. 2020. This new world system, this new world order, this reset of the old order for the new order, <laughs> it's foretold in Revelation 17 and 18, two very interesting chapters in God's Word. And it's during the seven-year tribulation, because chapters 6 through 19 are all about the seven-year tribulation, which by the way, you will not find the church mentioned even one time in those chapters dealing with the tribulation, because the church is not here in the tribulation. Now, someone might ask, what about the ones that John asks about? Who are these? And the answer is, we affectionately refer to them as tribulation saints. Those are those, in great number we're told, that refuse the mark of the beast, and they, they do not bow the knee to the Antichrist, and it costs them their lives. And they are, it's very specific in Revelation, they are beheaded. Which is interesting, by the way. I just, I saw something, I, um, yeah, I guess I'll share it, why not? So you know how they're tearing down these statues? We talked about this on, on Thursday night. You know, anything that has it, they're, they're, it's the cancel culture. That's what they call it, the cancel culture. Kind of interesting. I heard a, a guy say, I wonder how far back they're going to erase everything. Are they going to go back to Jesus Christ and the crucifixion and the resurrection and erase and cancel that too? Hmm, that's interesting. So on Thursday night we were talking about how that they're removing all of these monuments and, you know, statues, and, and they're making room for what? Maybe they're making room for the image of the beast. Here's another thought, very, very interesting. Maybe they're making room for the guillotines that will be used to behead those in great multitudes, we're told in the book of Revelation, that will refuse the mark of the beast, and they will be beheaded. In other words, these are those that will be saved in the midst of the tribulation. They're not the bride, but they are saved. They're not seated with Christ on the throne 
as his bride by his side, but they are serving at the throne. They're still saved. But in Revelation 17 and 18, we have two very interesting chapters. Revelation 17 is a prophecy about the false religious Babylon, and Revelation 18 is the political and economic Babylon. It should be noted, and this is a really interesting study if you want to, in your own time uh, in God's Word, but it should be noted that Babylon is actually a satanic attempt at reversing what God did at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, when it was all the world together, one language. It was a world order, basically. Babel, Babylon, it's a reversing of that which God did, and that's what Babylon represents. I am keenly aware that the implications of what I've shared today are very disturbing. But isn't that the point? What do you mean? Stay with me. Don't we need to be disturbed in this world? in order to look to the next? I hate to say it this way, but if you have a better way of saying this, then please share it with me afterwards. But God has a problem. I don't know how, how else to say it. I mean, God doesn't have problems, but if God had a problem, you know what His problem would be, is how do you get us from point A to point B? That's what His problem would be. How is he going to, because he's not going to force his will on us. He's not going to force himself on us. So how does he get us from point A to point B? Point A is this world, the things of this world. But this world is not our home. So how is he going to get us to loosen our grip on this world and the things of this world so that we'll look to what we were created for, which was not this world, but for eternity? How's he going to do that? Well, <laughs> I think you would agree. I know in my life, and I'm sure in your life, uh, the way to get you from point A to point B is he's got to disturb point A. Because if I'm too comfortable in point A, I'm not thinking about point B. If I'm too comfortable in this world, well, I can just picture God. I'll just speak for myself. He looks down. He says, look at JD. There he goes again. Getting a little too comfortable. You've heard it said, God comforts the afflicted. It's also been said, God afflicts the comfortable, because He doesn't want us to get too comfortable here in this world, because this is not our final destination. So what does He do? He disturbs, He disrupts. You know how, how 
<laughs> we're, we're all prone to, I'm going to get my ducks in a row, whatever that means. I've always wondered, what, what does that actually mean? But it's, a, I guess, a saying. So you got all your ducks in a row. Yeah. Okay, cool. So God looks down and He says, oh, I see you got all your ducks in a row. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Watch me now. Over the years I've seen, and in my own life experienced, that when you teach Bible prophecy it has this much needed effect of keeping a lighter touch on this world and the things of this world. I suppose I could be accused of giving up on this world and rightfully so, because this world is not my home. To those who would say, don't give up, I would say, Jesus says to look up. To those who would say, we need to rise up and take our country back. We need to get get people into office. When I read in Revelation chapter 3, the letter that Jesus had John write to the church of Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus says to that church, I know you're hanging on barely. You've not denied my name. You've kept my word. So I'm going to keep you from the hour of tribulation. I know that you have little strength. It's actually false. It's a false teaching. It's, it's, it's unbiblical, this notion. In fact, it's dominion theology, where the Christians have to, you know, take dominion over the earth for Jesus to come. That's not in my Bible. I don't know what Bible you're reading. Christians need to get, now I'm, please don't, oh man, I'm going to get it now. I already know. I am not saying that God does not call Christians into positions of political office. I am not saying that, okay? What I am saying is shame on us and God forgive us when we put our trust in man. I'm going to say something I hadn't planned to, but maybe I need to. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it has probably been, I want to say the better part of this year, here we are in June. I don't know that, and I could be wrong, but all this year I have not once mentioned the name Trump. Even when I talked about the unveiling of the much anticipated deal of the century, I still did not mention his name, and that was by design. And I reluctantly even bring it up today, and I'll tell you why. I'm just going to be very open with you. I'm very concerned. I'm extremely concerned because there are many Christians that think that Trump is going to save the day. 
Trump. He did it once, he could do it again. I heard a very well-known pastor of a very large church basically all but say, Trump will save the day. He must be elected. Really? You know what you're saying when you say that? And again, I'm, I, I, I just have to be very honest and, and speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. You're saying to me that my only hope is that Trump get reelected in November? Excuse me? How do you even know that there's going to be an election in November? Be very careful. Oh yes, if he gets back in office and he's got four more years, we got another four more years. What? Where's that? Where's that in here? I better stop now before. <laughs> so. One last thing, and I hope you know my heart. I love this country so much, but I've, I've just had to let go. If America is great, then how do you reconcile that with the absence of America in the pages of Bible prophecy. You see where I'm going with this? In other words, if this is the end for this nation, and I believe it is, then that means one thing. It doesn't matter who is in office. It doesn't matter. You think, you think God is in heaven going, man, we better make sure Trump gets in there in November. So to those who would say, we need to rise up and take our country back, I would say, <laughs> my Bible says we need to look up because Jesus is coming back. And oh, by the way, you can have it. You can have this world. Just give me Jesus. By the way, I uh, just a little, a full disclosure for uh, those who, <laughs> you can have this world, but you're only going to get it for seven years after we're out of the way, after the restrainer is taken out of the way, and the church is raptured, you can do whatever you want. And that's actually Second Thessalonians 2. Well, this one, I might as well, I'm already. To those who would say, Black Lives Matter, I would say, my Bible says, eternal lives matter. One last one. Why not? <laughs> to those who pander to popular opinion because they want more followers, I would say, the only thing that matters is that Jesus has more followers. And that's why we do these prophecy updates. 
And that's why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, and the childlike, simple ABCs of salvation. What is the gospel? The gospel is good news. Your debt has been paid. Your penalty has been carried out. You're free to go. That's what the word gospel means. You know, I may have shared this a while back, but I I remember just God really spoke to me through another pastor that you need to get people to Jesus as quick, quickly as you can. That's the only hope. The only hope we have is Jesus. And I have done my job if I get you to Jesus as quickly as I can. And if I've got to go through all of this to get you to Jesus, then so be it. Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. And He's the only hope. And His return for us as His church is our only hope. That's what the good news is. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians, the first epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote, He shares the gospel in the context of the rapture. In chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, For we believe that Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. The ABCs of salvation is just an explanation of how to be saved. Very simple. Before we get to that, I want to share with you another testimony. We, we, we continue, and I'm so grateful to those who share with us their testimonies. This is from Nicole, who writes, Thank you, JD. I love listening to your prophecy updates so much, and share your passion and tears. God is so good and gracious to us, calling us His sheep, His bride, His temple, His body. I am so thankful that we may trust in Him, and I am looking forward to meeting you and all the other brethren in the air. Thank you for these testimonies. Here's my testimony. I also shared the ABCs on Easter Sunday with a neighbor who just was having a very hard time. We were talking inside his dirty garage, and I could give him the answer who Jesus is. In the midst of all this dirt in his garage, he immediately accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of his life. He had visited churches for years and had never really understood who Jesus was and had been praying for someone to give him an answer to this. Oh my goodness, did you hear that? I have been 
I've been yelling at you for how long now, spitting on everybody in the front row, telling you the world is looking for answers. And we have the answer. And we're to give to everyone the answer of that hope that lies. Can you imagine? Someone is praying, Lord, send somebody to me to help me. Maybe that's you. All right, I'll calm down and we'll finish with the ABCs. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned, that you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A, here's the B. The B, very simply, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Romans 10, 13 tells us how. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we see that this world is passing away. We're witnessing the death of a nation, really the death of a world. And Lord, I thank you that this is not our final destination, that our hope is not in this world or the things of this world, but our hope is in you and your soon return to take us out of this world. Lord, if there's anybody that's watching this online or even here in this church today that has never called upon you, confessing with their mouth, believing in their heart that you are Lord Jesus, that you rose again from the dead, confessing their sin, acknowledging their sin before you, putting their trust in you for the forgiveness of sin. I pray today that they would make the most important decision of their life for eternal life, because eternal life matters. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.